good to be back out in the house of the Lord this evening to worship the Lord and give him honor and praise. Although we are here this evening with uh, with heavy hearts with the things that are going on in this nation and especially with the uh, the youth. Um, kids killing kids, it just don't make any sense, but to be honest, I have to be honest tonight, you don't, you don't sow and reap all in the same day. Now, I've planted gardens and raised gardens, and you don't set out tomato plants one day and go out the next day and pick tomatoes. Not even green ones. And I like to, I'm, I'm Southern, I like those fried green tomatoes. But um, I feel like that this nation is reaping things that we have been sowing all the way back to the 60s. That's when this nation started going away from God. They took they let one woman, Madeline O'Hara, go to the Supreme Court and took prayer and Bible out of schools. Nineteen seventy three, ten years later, Roe v. Wade legalized abortion, the killing of innocents in their mother's womb. And then not long after that, after they took out God and after they took out prayer, they took out discipline. And children are not being taught how to respect. If I had addressed any adult growing up, anything other than yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, I'd be picking myself up off the side of the wall of the room. It's, it's a teaching of respect. We got, we, got, we, got, we got went through the air where some mothers and, and said, well, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to be, a, be, be my child's buddy. I'm going to tell you something. Your child don't need you to be their buddy. They need you to be their parent. And when a child is not taught to respect when they're little, mom and dad or adults or anybody, when they get a little bit older, they're not going to respect police officers. And there you're going to have your problems. We are... As a nation, we are reaping what we have sown. And all I can say is, God, help us. God, help us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to try to uh, get into the lesson tonight. I want to welcome those that are, that are watching by live stream. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you that are here tonight for coming. 
and uh, <clears throat> we're still studying out of the book of Hebrews, although we are in the second part, part two of our lesson that we have entitled The Believer's Walk, and we're going through back through Hebrews again, and <clears throat> seeing every time where the scripture says, let us. Referring to the body of Christ. Let us. And <clears throat> this week, we're going to be talking about where it says, let us come boldly. This is one of my favorites. Now, <clears throat> it's just been two or three weeks ago, Brother Bobby, on Sunday morning when I was coming in, <clears throat> I heard him talking about the veil of the temple and how it was rent and tore and uh, talking about having access. So that's what this lesson is going to be about tonight. And um, our scripture text is found in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. There's your let us phrase, begins it off right there. You can see, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I don't know about you, but I would think America is, is experiencing a time of need right now. Church needs to be praying. Church needs to come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I want to start off tonight. I wonder how many of us here in this assembly and also those of you that's watching by the uh, internet I wonder how many have ever been guilty of taking something or someone for granted. How many of us, and I'm not asking for a show of hands, but how many of us have been found guilty of taking something or someone for granted? I think I can safely say that we all have at one time or the other. We all have been guilty of that. You don't feel good to admit, to own up to, but we might as well own it. Hallelujah. There have been a lot of times that we've taken things and people for granted. Just to give you a few examples, we take for granted the opportunity to receive an education. I see kids every day on my school bus takes their opportunity to have an education. They take it for granted. How many times have I looked and I have thought, how could you ever get across to them that the time that they're living right now is going to be the best time in their whole life? Amen. Now, I'm, I'm going to have to admit I took for granted 
the opportunity I had to receive an education when I was younger. I realized and I tried to uh, uh, do better and later on, but I was like a lot, you know. I was more interested. I was more interested in playing <laughs> than studying. I had the opportunity, and when the Lord called me to the ministry, you would think that that would make somebody turn around, but it actually made me. Uh, it made me worse. And Brother Penrod's wife, Sister Penrod, <laughs> this really um, uh, used to get her goat when I'd say this, but it's, it is the truth. And uh, I, uh, I never did say it just to making a joke out of it. But I actually thought, well, why should I buckle down and study and get an education? I don't need that. I know what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a preacher. Well, lo and behold, there's a lot of preachers running around here today that don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. Uh, I didn't realize that um, having some education uh, would help me along when I really got involved in ministry. Uh, and uh, sometimes we're talking about taking things for granted, not only do we take for granted the opportunity of education, children, and especially teenagers, they take their parents for granted. And you don't realize that. I never did think about my mom and dad as long as I was living at home. Somebody else was buying my clothes. Somebody else was washing my clothes. Amen. Somebody else was buying my food. Amen. I took some things for granted. And I, and, but I guarantee you my outlook on things like that changed as soon as I started having to buy my own clothes. Pay for my own food. How many believes that makes a difference? <laughs> That does make a difference. Amen. Some take for granted their spouse. Amen. That is true. Others take their jobs for granted. Amen. They don't realize the blessing they have in their job. And more and more, and this is really a big pet peeve right now with me, more and more take the flag and this country for granted. Amen. Somebody asked me right before the uh, 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 right before the Super Bowl. Well, um, you going to be watching that rooting for somebody? I says, No, I turned my back on the NFL when they turned their back on the American flag months ago. Amen. I have watched some college games. But I hadn't been interested. For them jokers, and I will say jokers, who make money, more money than all of us in here and probably everybody watching us put together, this country allows them to make millions of dollars a year by pitching pigskin down and they can't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance? As far as I'm concerned, they don't need to be here. 
They took the flag and the country for granted. I'm going to tell you what, there was a lot of young men who laid on Normandy Beach with their guts and their blood bleeding everywhere. World War II, they say the, there was so much blood spilled there that the ocean water literally was red. That's why I stand for the flag. And I kneel to God. But people take stuff like that for granted. I'm going to tell you something. If you had to live in one of these third world countries, one of these communistic nations, you'd realize even with the problems we are, America is still the greatest nation on the world. Dan, the country know where I'd swap. And but people take it for granted. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. The list could literally go on and on of things and people that are that are taken for granted. But I want us to consider the privilege we have to approach the throne room of heaven and petition God for anything from repentance to healing and much more. Amen. A lot of people take for granted the privilege they have to be able to go to God and enter his presence. Now, we people in this dispensation have never known a time in which we couldn't do that. Nobody in this room, nobody watching from the internet, you've never known a time for you didn't have the privilege to walk right into the presence of God. Go to God and petition to ask Him for help. Amen. We don't, uh, so we in dispensation have never known a time in which we couldn't do that. We've always known that. So we really don't know what it's like not to be able to. None of us. None of us knows what it's like not to be able to go straight into the presence of God. You don't know what it's like. I'm not a priest, but to have to come to your pastor and get permission to pray for God something in your life. We don't know what that's like. Amen. Thus, in a way, we take it for granted. We take for granted the privilege that we have to boldly come to the throne of grace. Now the Hebrew writer said, let us come boldly. Not just come, but come boldly. Come boldly. You can just walk right in with confidence and surety. You can walk in with your head held high. Amen. Um, what a privilege to enter the presence of the creator of the universe. You can go to him and enter his presence anytime, and you can go there to ask something from him. You can go to vent. Hallelujah. I wish more people would go to God to vent instead of going to the pastor and venting. 
Lord of mercy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or you can just go there, and we need to do this more. We need to go to his presence just to worship. I love, well, there were many that she wrote, over two, well over 2,000. But I like that song that Dr. Rambo wrote, I didn't come here to ask you for anything. I just came to talk with you, Lord. How many knows there needs to be some times that we need to go to God just to talk to him? Not, not, don't, don't let, the only time you're going to go to God is when you've got a need. Now you can do it, we boldly, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can take that privilege. But I believe God loves us just coming to him sometimes and saying, Lord, I want to thank you for what you've already done. Hallelujah. Years ago when the kids was growing up, uh, I came in from work one day and uh, it was Ronnie. Came up, uh, came up to me and uh, to talk to me and, and just, and I don't remember exactly what he said, but, um, but he came and he was thanking me for something that that I had done. And man, that just warmed my heart so good and made me feel so good. I reached in my pocket and I got a big whole bunch of quarters and I just gave it to him. He took off in the other end of the house. I guarantee you it wasn't 10 minutes. He'd come back trying to say the mess in. <laughs> he said, he thought he'd done hit a gold mine. But you know what? The Lord appreciates us coming to him just to thank him amen for what he has done but what we are talking about tonight let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need come boldly that we might obtain mercy that's another part obtain mercy there's not a one of us that don't need mercy Hallelujah. One reason why we approach the throne of grace is first to obtain mercy. One fellow got himself in trouble, was standing before the judge waiting to be sentenced. The judge looked at him and says, I assume you want justice done in this case, don't you, son? He said, no, sir, Lord, I don't want justice, I want mercy. He knew if he got justice... He was in big trouble. And that's what we need to come to the throne of grace first to obtain mercy. And then once we obtain mercy, we can find grace. Every time I read that, I think about what the scripture said about Noah in his day. The whole world was wicked, like they are today. But the Bible said, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. I want us to um, think about this. We're going to read out of the ninth chapter of Hebrews, beginning at verse 1. And I want you, I'm going to read slow, and I want you to um, take this. Then, indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. 
for a tabernacle was prepared. The first part in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the t- uh, tablets of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in uh, detail. Now when these things had been thus prepared, the priest, now notice this, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But unto the second part, of the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, now notice this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. You see, they couldn't come boldly. They couldn't come at all. The tabernacle was divided into two sections, the holy place and the most holy place. Only the priest could go in the first part. (coughs) Behind the second veil, for the presence of God and the Shekinah glory was... It was only the high priest, and he could only go once a year behind there. Amen. So, the Holy Spirit indicating that this, that the way into the holies of all was not yet made manifest, while the first tabernacle was still standing. Now, I I searched, and I want you to take a look. Here is an overall picture of of the tabernacle. Cut away there, the view. And the first part of that tabernacle, you notice there's a candlestick, table of showbread, and the altar of incense. And then there was the veil, second veil, and behind that was the ark of the testament. That's where the presence of God was, the Shekinah glory. Um, here is a, uh, here's another picture. And you can see the the priest there standing at the altar of incense. Something I want you to notice. This first section, I wish I had my little laser pointer, but this first section had the uh, uh, the candlestick burning, which gave light and lit up that sunlight from the outside. There were several layers. Um, on this tent that covered everything, a thick layer covering. There was no way any any sunlight was going to bleed through. Without that candlestick, there would be total darkness in there. It it was burning to give light so the priest could work. 
Behind the second veil, the only thing that was back there was the Ark of the Covenant. There was no candlestick back there burning, but yet it was lit up. Plenty of light for the high priest to see. Where did that light come from? It was the Shekinah glory of God. Hallelujah. Kind of reminds me about the city, heaven, where the Bible said that, uh, that the Lamb is going to be the light there. Won't need the light of the sun or the moon. The Lamb is going to be the light. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So, I want you to remember that priest standing there, there at that veil. Now I'm going to take you, and this, this <coughs> comes where Brother Bobby was talking two or three weeks ago in the book of Matthew, the 27th chapter. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. This is while he was hanging on the cross. And yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the city and appeared to many. So when the centurion saw the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Now, now we're talking about an access today that we have. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy to help in the time of need. The reason why that's possible, and you got that privilege, when Jesus died, that veil was ripped. It was torn in two. Amen. Can you imagine those priests that was inside the, the, the temple ministering? I imagine some of them may have had a heart attack. Now, man, you talk about getting out of Dodge. I'm sure they began to run. Because, hey, they, uh, they knew what it was. Even if the high priest was behind that veil and he, didn't have, he had sin in his life, he was a dead man. Now that veil ripped on its own and, and they're looking directly to that ark. Let us boldly come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy, hallelujah, and find grace to help in the time of need. Don't never take for granted that privilege, church. That veil was torn apart. The time was you could not enter the presence of God. But we got access. <clears throat> you don't have to wait to church on Sunday morning. You can enter the presence of God right there in your home. I've entered the presence of God driving the school bus before I picked the kids up. 
<laughs> then, then, the, then the presence of God uh, uh, does like it did uh, in Ezekiel's day. It left and went out to the north gate. <laughs> Hallelujah. We got a privilege. Amen. Now, we're to help one another, pray for one another. The Bible says if, any man, if anybody's sick, let them call for the elders of the church. Pray over them and don't want to understand that. But you're not going to be always where you can get, uh, get your hands on an elder. But you've got a privilege that you can go to God. Has anybody ever been in a place where all you did was just call out the name of Jesus? Things just felt so much better. Hallelujah. Ain't it amazing just to be able to call the name of Jesus? Now, I'm not talking the way like Kessie does sometimes. I'm fixing to wear her out now. Hallelujah. I gave her, uh, I had a Valentine card, a little box of treats sitting on the desk for when she come in. But now I'm going to make her pay for that. <coughs> One of the best places, if you like, um, Big bad rides and roller coasters. Anybody like them? Hmm? Darling used to love them. She can't get on them anymore. But um, head up north to uh, Cedar Point, and uh, you talk. You talk about. Whew, they got some of the fastest and tallest in the world there, and um, they've got several new ones built since we've been up there. But. Um, Kessie would always tickle me to death. We'd get going up one of them things and about to go over, go over the edge. And says we start going up, Kessie would come, Jesus. I said, don't call Jesus. He says, you the one got on that thing. He didn't tell you to get on it. <laughs> it's going out on the internet. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> but it's just amazing. It's just amazing what calling the name of Jesus can do. And don't never take that for granted. Because that temple was rent. And we can walk right into the Shekinah glory. Hallelujah. I have been in service for the presence of God was so thick you could you, you could almost literally see a cloud that's something to be in hallelujah it is something to be in and uh, we got that right we got that privilege and let's never take it for granted anybody got any comments or questions about our lesson tonight hallelujah Praise the Lord. I guarantee you, if I got a need, I'm going to go talk to my father. I'm going to have a talk with him. I'm going to talk with him every day. Because I'm, I'm in the same boat with the Apostle Paul. I have to die daily. I have to, I have to, I have to come in there repenting, dying out to the flesh. Hallelujah. But that's a privilege to be able to do that, Brother Paul. Yes. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Now let's all stand together. And I want to thank the Lord uh, the God touching touch me enough. I got through this lesson tonight without coughing. First time in a good while. I had to get Brother Douglas to uh, uh, give us something last time. But uh, I'm thankful uh, that God blessed me to get through this tonight. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and thank the Lord for the service. Fathers, we come this evening.